This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Ryder is a chartered financial analyst and holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Uh, if the federal government is going to send out checks, there will be scammers looking for ways to take your money. This morning, we're going to discuss the CARES Act relief payments and how to protect yourself from fraudulent attacks. For the first part of the show, we will welcome on the line MPB's everyday host, everyday tech host, Wiltz Cotrere. Wiltz, uh, thanks for joining us. We could probably do an entire show on fraud and phishing. In fact, we'll post some links to past shows on our webpage. Uh, but give us some things that uh, to watch for this spring when these uh, government stimulus checks are uh, making their way to us. Well, good morning, Kevin. Um, yeah, you know the the, the fraudsters are uh, they're, they're definitely uh, still working from home and and, and kind of working overtime. <laughs> um, we're definitely seeing some some things going on out there, and some of that is some people are kind of reporting, and I'm hearing from some different friends and reading some different reports. But people on the phone they're claiming to be such as like with power companies or or other companies that you do business with, and what they're doing is they're calling, and, and this potential scammer will say, well, you know, hey, due to this pandemic going on, you are you are due some reimbursement for your extra, say, usage of electricity, maybe usage of water, uh, you know, things from, like, being home a little bit more. Generally, though, this is not going to be the case. When you get phone calls like this, you know, that, that's a perfect time. You need to reach out to your local police department and some of these because these scammers are really just trying to get your personal information in order to actually take money from you. They're not calling to give you money back. Um, now, one little side note I will kind of put on with that, one thing I have noticed um, with my own insurance company, now some car insurance companies will be actually giving discounts, but there is, there's nothing you have to do. Uh, they're just saying, hey, on future billing, you're gonna see a little bit of a reduction because that, you know we're on the roads a little bit less. But, uh, but no, you gotta really watch out. These people calling up saying, hey, we're gonna give you some money. People aren't calling to give you money uh, necessarily. So that's one of the things you really wanna be careful of. And I guess, uh, you know, a lot of times it's like, well, what, what can they do if they get a phone number or a name or whatever? But any little bit of information uh, can be helpful in them trying to uh, possibly, you know, open new accounts, try to get into your bank account and that sort of thing. So we do really need in this day and age to be real protective of our personal information. And is it fair to say that uh, any legitimate business that you do, a company that you do business with, is not going to reach out on the telephone and ask for information about passwords, account numbers, that sort of thing? Well, you got it exactly right, Kevin. Those businesses that you do business with, they already know that information. They don't need you to verify. Um, you know, they may want... It, when you're calling them, when you're calling a doctor's office some of these things, a lot of times they're going to want to ask a couple of things, you know, verify your mailing address, um, you know, something like that. But... But in general, when you're receiving an unsolicited phone call, again, those businesses, like you said, they don't need that information. You do really need to be guarded at what you give out because it's amazing. Um, well, I guess, you know, we, we hear the, the term con man, con person, what have you. Well, a lot of people don't know that what that con stands for is actually confidence. It's a confidence person. So they, they get just a little bit of information from you, and from that, they can continue to feed off, and it makes you feel like, oh, oh, they really do know me. Well, no, they've just actually been able to, to get little bitty tidbits in order to expand 
gain your confidence so that they can eh, rip you off. Uh, again, with a lot of us being at home, uh, we probably social media use has uh, increased, and there might be some folks that aren't real savvy social media users out there using it more, interacting with it more often. What about some uh, tips and ideas to think about when you're on the various uh, social media platforms? Well, one that comes straight to mind, and I've been really glad to see, uh, I've seen a few police departments around Mississippi have put this word out there, and I try to put it out. I've even put it out on the Everyday Tech page, and that is... Please, please, please think about when you're answering some of these surveys and quizzes, think about what some of the questions are they ask, they're asking. What was the color of your first car? What's your mother's maiden name? What's your favorite color? Where did you go to school? If you start thinking about those questions and, oh, it's a nice little cute little Facebook quiz or all your friends are doing it and they're posting pictures of their first cars, that information is actually, if you think back to whenever you set up bank account access and other financial things, those are security questions. So now take that that someone may have put onto their Facebook that said their first car was blue and their mother's maiden name was Jones and add that to the fact of a scammer can call you, they got your name and by you know, and they get your email address because they want to send you some more information. And they just got all they need to actually get into your bank account and steal your identity. And the worst part about that is we've actually given them the information. So, so you're right. Definitely think about what you're sharing online. Um, you know, I, you know, you try to stress that and stress that and stress that to folks. And, you know, we want to be friendly folks. We want to share. We want to engage with our friends. But not everybody has your best intentions at heart, unfortunately. Um, I would also say that uh, maybe uh, COVID uh, or uh, the social media is not the best uh, source of information about uh, the virus or about uh, the stimulus package. For instance, this morning, I saw something uh, on a friend's Facebook feed that was someone doing a TikTok that was saying that the stimulus money was not uh, uh, without strings and that it's actually a credit on our next year's taxes and that we're all going to you know, owe taxes on the money that we get from the government next year. That might be true, but I thought to myself, well, if you really are trying to share this important information, you've chosen a very odd platform, TikTok, uh, to to be sharing that with us. And it didn't end with any sort of a crazy dance. So he, in my book, seemed <laughs> to be misunderstanding the purpose of TikTok. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it, it always amazes me how many people will get their news from a meme. Huh. Um, you know, you and I are friends on Facebook. You know, I'll post plenty of memes, and most of them are worth about what you pay for them. I mean, they're just really meant to be jokes. No, with COVID-19, with stimulus checks, with so many things going on, I mean, it, social media is just overflowing with misleading information, emotional responses, and quite honestly, in my opinion, people just want to be jerks and put false information out there. Um, you know, definitely for, you know, for me, if I'm wanting to look up COVID-19 information, I'm going straight to the CDC. I'm going and I'm trying to go to people, you know, people who should be those sources. Um, I'm definitely not going to take, you know, Joe on my Facebook feeds, you know, opinion on what, what the rules are, because actually I think if I'm not mistaken and you all could tell me even better, I think just about everything you just said about the stimulus checks that were in that post are absolutely false. There are no strings attached. It does not actually count toward um, you know, uh, yeah. toward your income, toward your adjusted gross income or any of that. Um, but I've seen those exact same things, and there's so many misleading things. The one I've seen a lot of misleading things around is about 
the whole um, under 17 dependence, a lot of that. And then, but then I found if you'll just actually go to the actual official sites, it seems like you get just much more clear, much more accurate. You know, for those, I actually went to the IRS site. You know, before I'm going to let somebody else speak for what the IRS is going to say, I'm going to find out what they had to say about it. At least that's me, and I'm sure you all have some better resources, you know, some, some good ideas on that as well. Right. I, I think that's a good point is, you know, there are, are official uh, uh, sources for this information. And if you have a question about something related to IRS, again, as you said, don't depend on your Facebook friend, but go to their website and find the information uh, there. Uh, so if someone thinks they've been defrauded or sees something that the suspicious that they'd like to maybe try to report so that other people don't get scammed, what what can they do? Well, you know, there, there is um, one of the first things that I tell folks is. You can contact the National Center for Disaster Fraud. That's one, especially when it comes to right now. We're talking about COVID-19. Um, you know, let's go ahead and insert something else, a little Mississippi in there. We just had a, a situation, you know, for some of our neighbors here regarding some storms. So there's a lot of disaster going on right now. All states have been declared a disaster. I think we just got declared a disaster a second time yesterday because of the tornadoes. So look at things such as the National Center for Disaster Fraud. Uh, their number is 866-720-5721. Again, 866-720-5721. You can even e- email them. It's disaster at leo.gov. Um, you know, that's one of your first things. You want to get it reported on out there. Uh, if you think it's a cyber scam, so if somebody is using, say, your social media or, or other, you know, Internet um, resources to get that to you, what you want to do, there's a great site you can go to. It's www.ic3.gov. Um, you can go there and you can look up, you know, that gives you some more direct information about some of the scams that are actually going on around there. And there's also some links there in order to be able to report what it is that you're seeing. And, you know, I'd even go just one little step further. You know, a lot of times you don't necessarily want to rely on social media for, um, for news. But I also tell people, let other folks know what's going on. Don't try to spread hysteria with it. It's like, hey, I, I received this particular phone call, and it was junk. But usually if you're receiving it, your friends are going to receive it too. Uh, and let your local police departments know. The police departments are also very in, involved with this, and they try to get out there, and they're trying to get information out to let people know about it. So, you know, see something, do something, and tell someone. Uh, Wilts, before we let you go, remind everybody of what phishing with a PH is and, and, and what we should be looking for in, in that regard. Uh, phishing with a PH is definitely not something we can do out in the reservoir. <laughs> um, what phishing is, is you have bad guys, bad actors out there, and what they're doing is they are, quote, unquote, phishing for your information. So they're going to send something out, and they're attempting to trick you to reel you in to get them to give you, to get you to give them some information that you really probably shouldn't give. So they kind of get you on the line. A lot of times what that will happen is um, through email. You'll get an email. It may look like it's coming from your bank. And one of the links on there may look like it's going to lead you to your bank, but what it really does is it could lead you to a slightly misspelled website or, you know, some other malicious location in order to get you to put your username and password in. Well, now they have your information. Um, a couple of variants on that, too. One of the main variants that we're seeing a lot more of, uh, new term, vishing with a V. 
and that is when they're calling you to do those same things. Hey, I'm from your insurance company. Exactly what we were talking about at the beginning of this segment. Mm -hmm. I'm from such and such, and we just need you to verify this information. Again, the goal is is to get your information and ultimately to get your financial information. That's what they're ultimately going after. And sad to say, a lot of times they're successful. So the only thing that stands between them and success really is us being diligent and thinking, hey, I'm not going to follow a link in my email. If I need to go and contact my bank, I'm going to contact my bank using the information that I already know. I'm going to type that address in. Take that extra one second and type in to go to your website. And a lot of times you'll actually see that it was false. I've seen many, many cases where friends say, you know what? I received this from my bank. It just didn't feel quite right. I called my bank, and the bank said, you know what? You're right. That's not right. That's not us. We're not sending that out. We don't need that. That one little simple phone call can literally save you thousands. Yeah, I mean, you know, I get fished a lot from uh, Netflix, which is funny because they always say, you know, there's a problem with your Netflix account. It's like, well, I don't have one, so I know that's fraudulent. (laughs) Uh, But then PayPal is is one that I get a lot of, of these phishing emails from. And one thing that I learned when I kind of followed up with one of them with the actual PayPal people, and I think this is correct and it's something to look out for, is that anything that's sent to you email wise from PayPal, you'll be addressed by whatever your username is. So dear you know, Joe Smith or whatever. So if you see mm-hmm. something, dear customer, or, or along those lines, that's one red flag that you can look for to make sure that that's, uh, that's something that is not coming from the PayPal folks. Oh, definitely. When, especially when you see it trying to be the uh, that more generic, dear sir or ma'am. Um, yeah. but, but that also goes back, Kevin, to what you were saying before, is don't give out much information. If they call you, uh, for example, and they're asking you what your name is, like, well, come on. You called me. She should know what my name is. Um, you'll see that. But again, what they're fishing for, your name has value because if you receive an email that says, Dear Kevin, it carries a little bit more weight than if you receive an email that says, Dear Sir or Ma'am. Right. Um, so really be careful how, you, how you're handing that out there. But you're right. I see this from, uh, from folks up at work a lot. They'll send an email. I was like, well, I got this concerning my LinkedIn account to my work email. But, but my work email is not part of my LinkedIn account. It's like... Exactly. That's a red flag. Yes. <laughs> you know, you don't already use this. Um, yeah, just really watch out for that and think about what you do. And and again, on that, PayPal has phone numbers. Go yourself. Don't go to the click. Don't click any links. But go yourself to the PayPal website. Call their contact us number and say, hey, were you really sending me this? Another one I'm seeing a lot of here recently, one I've been receiving, has been around Amazon. I actually received a phone call. I got a text message and an email recently saying, there's a problem with your Amazon account. We're locking your account. Now, first thing I was like, no, that's, that's total junk. But but it was kind of amazing that I got it from three different, you know, from three different sources, which means somebody has my information. And, you know, hey, we're in a digitally connected world. It's not too hard to get folks' information. Um, but, you know, immediately red flag went off. So, you know, we're seeing that just going more and more and more.
Yeah. You know, the other thing they do, they, they prey on you because it's always like some sort of urgent situation. Like no one wants to be locked out of their PayPal account or their Amazon account or, you know, that sort of thing. Or someone. The other one that I've seen frequently is someone has made this purchase on your whatever, you know, and so we need to double check this right away to make sure that we can stop this person from stealing your money when actually they're the ones that are trying to, to scam mm-hmm. you. So, Welts, appreciate you calling in this morning. Just a reminder, MPB Think Radio broadcasts everyday tech Wednesday mornings at 10. Wilts and the crew always ready to take your uh, everyday tech questions. It's also available as all our shows are as a podcast. So we need to take a quick break. Uh, we're looking for your personal finance questions this morning as we're going to bring Ryder Taff into the conversation after this break. Ryder is here to take those personal finance questions. You can also email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Listening to Money Talks, our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Ryder, thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, how are things going and what's some financial news in the news? Good morning. Uh, things are going well here at the uh, the, the home radio studio. Um, some kind of interesting developments. We, you know, we had a, the market had a good, uh, a much needed three day weekend this past weekend, which was nice. I also had a three day weekend, which was well appreciated. Um, but some of the kind of more positive economic developments are uh, we're starting to hear. Um, a couple of governors getting together, you know, this, uh, some on the West Coast and then some around New York up on the East Coast uh, talking about um, coordinating plans for kind of reopening their economies, you know, what sort of businesses will be allowed to be open, what sort of hours to operate and coordinating that. That's, a, I think, a really important aspect of this Um because you know we don't live in a country where <laughs> the the governors or the even the president has the authority to actually keep people inside their houses for forever, um, and so it's it's going to be very interesting to see how we open up, and uh, and a lot of people obviously want to know how soon we open up. So, uh, what is the latest that we're hearing about the uh, economic impact payments, the stimulus checks going out? 
Yeah, so those, um, I, I feel like all last week, all for the past two weeks, we've just been hearing, oh, it's going to be tomorrow. Oh, it's going to be next week. Oh, it's going to be yesterday. Uh, those days have just been all over the board. Um, the IRS is saying they have sent the first ones out today, although I did see something else where they said the first ones were going out on the 15th, um, which is tomorrow. So again, we're kind of all over the place, but I think they are going out. I have not personally heard of any of them actually going out of anybody getting those deposits. Um, but uh, I, I guess soon, very soon. Uh, one thing that is a, a good development, I uh, know we talked about it last week, they were going to have a website where if you had not filed taxes in the past couple of years and so the IRS you know wouldn't have your payment information on file they wouldn't have your you know most recent address on file they wouldn't have your bank account on file uh, they were launching a portal where you could kind of plug that information in and give it to them so they'd have a place to send the checks. Um, that is active now. I did just go to that. Uh, they, uh, the IRS has an entire um, kind of coronavirus news update uh, center on their website, and I was actually just looking for it. And um, you can just go to irs.gov slash coronavirus. Uh, it, <clears throat> that's where they keep all their news about it, and that's also where you can find links to that online portal. And that's the only online portal since we're just talking about scams. If somebody just asks you for your banking information so they can send you $1,200, that's not and it's not the IRS. Don't give it to them. Uh, you know, another one, a friend of mine uh, has filed taxes, but he usually pays. And so he'd said that he, that he has not given the IRS his his bank information. Uh, so they would probably uh, he would probably need to go to that portal too to uh, get that connection made so that he can get his uh, payment. Uh, the other thing is, to me, it's a bit ironic that uh, the stimulus checks are supposed to go out on April 15th, which we all know was normally tax day. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And tax day has been delayed until um, I believe July 15th uh, and also you know one thing for folks in the state of Mississippi here um, our tax deadline has been delayed until uh, May 15th so we, we our state tax has been delayed one month uh, we got a little bit of breathing room there um, but the IRS is delaying for a whole three months uh, we have a caller on the line so let's invite uh, Robert from Jackson into the program good morning Robin you're on the uh, Robert you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Uh, yes. Um, I'm late getting in on this conversation, but what I want to know about um, the Internet, uh, whether it's not a chief um, actor in the false information that we are getting. Um, when I recently finally caved in and got a smartphone, I almost immediately start getting these things about viruses in the system and wanting to know whether I want to buy this or that thing to screen out the viruses. What do you do about that kind of thing? Do you believe that you need a virus? Is that not a scam? So you mean uh, there's a virus on, say, your cell phone? Is that what you're getting? That's what we're getting is this message that there are viruses in and there's something that comes on um, 
printing out the number of viruses that you have in your system and that kind of thing. I don't know if other people have had this problem or, or, or not. But the problem is the Internet is not regulated the way all other methods of communication uh-huh. in our society are regulated. They are not. Right. Uh, so I, I believe what you're talking about, and yes, you do see this a lot. It's a very kind of scammy sort of ad where it'll say, oh, you know, your computer is infected. Oh, your phone has a virus on it. You need to click this link. You need to buy this product that will uh, rid your computer of viruses. Um, and yes, I see these all over the place all of the time. And yes, most of them are um, scams, um, you know, even if they are not a particularly malicious actor themselves, you know, even if it's not trying to steal your information, um, trying to, uh, trying to infect your computer further, you know, even if they're just like, we're going to clean your computer for $30, they're just not going to do anything for $30 and you're just going to give them the money and then they're going to go advertise to someone else. Um, and yes, the the internet, just the ease of communication over the internet has made, uh, it a lot easier to, um, try to entice people into scams. But I mean, let's be clear, uh, human beings have been scamming each other for years. Uh, and I don't think we're going to stop. And I don't think, um, I don't think the medium of communication uh, is going to uh, – it really matters. You know, there's a reason we call scammers uh, Ponzi schemes uh, because of uh, what was his name, Charles Ponzi, back in the early 1900s. And uh, that's why we call folks snake oil salesmen because of uh, folks selling snake oil in um, – uh, newspaper classified ads in the Wild West. Uh, you know, this is none of this is new. Um, it's just it's just a whole lot easier to do it a whole lot faster. Uh, and so that's just that's a good point. Just to always be vigilant about that. Robert, thanks for your call. My advice would be um, if you see if you get unsolicited advice, information, offers, anything like that uh, online or through your cell phone or whatever, be immediately suspicious of them. If you need services and that sort of thing, there's a way that you can reach out for to businesses, legitimate businesses. But anytime someone you know, uh, unprompted sends you something uh, that, that you need to do this or that, I think that would raise a, a red flag, that's for sure. We'll take a break, but continue our discussion on the economic impact payments after this break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. 
Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here, along with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Ryder is a chartered financial analyst and also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Money Talks recently talked to executives from the Mississippi Department of Employment Security. Uh, if you need assistance from MDES and want some more information about uh, unemployment benefits, you can hear that broadcast on our webpage. Just go to money.mpbonline.org. Ryder, we do have another caller on the line, so let's say good morning to Lois, who's calling in from Quitman. Good morning, Lois. You're on the air. Go good ahead. Good morning. Yes. The question that I have is... Will we get, if we have a debit card on Social Security, will we still get that stimulus money? And if so, when is it coming about, and do we have to pay this back? Uh, That's a fantastic question. I think, you know, we've had a lot of interest in that for folks who, you know, either don't have their payment info with the IRS, have alternate payment info. Uh, there are some issues, but uh, I think the the easy answer is that if you are currently receiving money, Social Security, Social Security Disability from uh, the Treasury, from the United States, uh, on a debit card, uh, then that is the payment information they have, and that is where they will be sending it to you. Um, for folks who are already receiving information, the IRS has set up, um, I was just pulling up the information, the people who will receive the economic impact payment automatically without taking additional steps, you have either uh, – you are an individual who has filed your federal income tax 2018 or 2019, you receive Social Security retirement, disability, or survivor benefits – or you receive railroad retirement benefits. So if you fall into one of those three categories, uh, there's pretty much nothing else you need to do because they have either a debit card that they can send you money to, in your case, Lois. Uh, They have your bank account information they can send money to. They have your address they can mail a check to. Um, As far as when will those payments come, uh, like we were discussing earlier, not exactly sure. I believe they started sending them out. I know they have a schedule for sending them out in waves, um, just so they're not pressing that button, you know, 300 million times in a single day. Their fingers might get tired. Um, but those should be coming out soon. I, 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 I don't. I don't have a definite timeline for that. But there is. They have said there's nothing additional that you need to do. All right, Lois, thanks for your call. Uh, Ryder, remind us again, did you say that at irs.gov slash coronavirus, folks that don't have their de- uh, direct deposit information with the IRS can go there to find the uh, the way to do that? Yes, yes. Uh, they have. That's where they're putting all of their information. That's where they're putting their all of their frequently asked questions, all their press releases. They also have a link to where you enter your payment info if you have not, you know, given them some sort of payment info in the past couple of years. All right. We have another caller on the line, so we say good morning to Luke, who's on the line with us. Good morning, Luke. Go ahead. Hi, Ryder. I, so I hey. did not file my 2018 or 2019 taxes. I paid in to them through work, but I didn't file the taxes. Mm. Okay. Am I still eligible? And if so, how do I register? 
Yes, you you are eligible. Um, there are <laughs> um, uh, the IRS. I, I just have the the website pulled up. You know, all you have to be, you just have to be a U.S. citizen with a Social Security number that you are not a dependent of another taxpayer, and your adjusted gross income is below, uh, effectively below a hundred thousand to get anything at all. Um, so on irs.gov slash coronavirus, they have a link to, um, to where you can enter in payment information if you fall into your category, Luke, where, you know, you may have paid tax, but you haven't actually done a tax filing for 2018, 2019, uh, cause there are plenty of people who, for one reason or another, aren't required to do a tax filing or don't do one. So yes, there's a link, uh, and it basically, it's just a form, a fillable form online. You'll have to set up a little account. It's going to take, you know, might take a few minutes to get this all done, but you will be able to enter in your preferred payment information and they will, uh, they'll be able to get that to you. That's irs.gov slash coronavirus. Thank you very much. Thanks, Luke, for your Absolutely. call. Let's uh, stay on the phone lines. We've got Richard from Mabin next. Richard, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please. Well, every time I hear somebody go down the list of, of where they already have our address and they be mailing those checks out to, I don't hear Social Security. Social Security. So, if you again, if you are already receiving Social Security benefits, either Social Security retirement, Social Security disability, or survivor benefits, then that is the federal government sending you money, and so they will be sending it to where they usually send you that money, uh, be it your bank account or mailing you a physical check or a debit card, uh, like our previous caller um, said. Is that is okay. that what you're asking? Well, well yeah. I, like I say, I, I, you, I don't think you mentioned Social Security uh, in your list of where they get their information from or addresses. But My anyway. Apologies. That's all right. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Richard. Yeah, you should be covered there. Uh, Here is an interesting email that we got, and it says, I checked my online account this morning, and my stimulus payment was deposited today, so there is hope for others. Nice. Uh, On another note. That's that's great. That's the first time I've heard that. Fantastic. And actually, I've got my phone here with me. When the next break, I'm going to check and see if maybe I have a little surprise waiting for me. On another note, (laughs) for those who apply for unemployment payments, remember that unemployment payments are taxable as income. If you don't make estimated tax tax payments on your unemployment income, you may have a tax surprise next year. Is that correct, Ryder? Or do you you know? I don't believe this. um, uh, The I I believe what I had what I had heard is that the six hundred dollar federal benefit was not going to be uh, taxable. Um, I could get back into that. I know uh, some unemployment com- compensation can be taxable. Um, you do, you know, you can receive a 1099 uh, for that. Uh, typically, unemployment is just a very s- small amount, so you know it doesn't end up being much of a tax burden. Uh, but we can double check on that. All right, uh, we've got another call on the line, so now we'll speak to Russ, who's called in from Gulfport. Russ, you're on the air with us. It's your turn. Go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, two things, real quick. One, I just wanted to point out, like the last caller did, is as of yesterday, it shows the stimulus check pending in my bank account, but it won't be released until the actual fifteenth. 
Okay. And then the second Fantastic. thing I have, the second, I'm sorry, the second thing I have was just a quick tax question. In 2019, I did not have any employment whatsoever. All I received for income was a 1099C. I'm wondering, do I have to file taxes for that 1099C? It was like $5,600. No um, no, generally, if you make less than twelve thousand, because that's what the um, standard deduction is uh, as a single filer, uh, then you do not need to. You're not required to file taxes because your standard deduction is is gonna wipe that off the books anyway. Excellent. Well, thank you guys very much for your answers and enjoy your show. All right. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. So, Ryder, as we get uh, reports of people getting their money, and I think a lot of people will be getting them uh, as we go along, we'll, we'll talk about that after this break. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Back. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Place you found our show Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Tap, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Remember, every Tuesday at 10 a.m., you can listen live to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Uh, Ryder, looks like we're going to end up the show with a number of phone calls. Let's see if we can uh, cruise through these before the hour is over. We'll start again on the phones with Alan in Gulfport. Go ahead, Alan. You're on the air. Hey, yeah, I um, had an injury back 10 years ago. And, anyways, uh, in the court proceedings um, I was given a structured settlement and I don't pay taxes on the structured settlement so how do I do the stimulus Ryder any thoughts on that one My apologies. I think I was muted. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was I was trying furiously to answer your question, Alan. Um, so you you fall into the category of you know one of the people who was not required or did not file uh, taxes in 2018 or 2019 or for 2018 or for 2019. Um, and so all you have to do, you are still eligible to receive the payment uh, again, so long as your AGI is under seventy five thousand. Which I mean, again, if you weren't filing taxes because you didn't have to. It is. So what you need to do is go to irs.gov slash coronavirus, and they do have there. That's where they have all of their information, all their press releases. That's kind of where they just the website they're gathering it all at. And they have a link for where you can get your uh, where you can fill out your preferred payment information so that they can send you uh, the twelve hundred dollar economic uh, impact payment. Again, that's irs.gov slash coronavirus is where that information is. All right, Alan, we appreciate your call. Let's uh, go next. We've got uh, Edwin on the line from Memphis. Go ahead, Edwin. You're on the air with us. Oh, yes, sir. Um, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to add, um, my wife started collecting Social Security payments um, last year. I think she gets like $7,000 a year. And she's under the impression that she don't have to um, file taxes because she makes a little money. But uh-huh. if we file, if don't file jointly, don't we have she has to um, don't even include her um, seven thousand dollars a year in my um, taxes? 
Yeah, if y'all are filing jointly, uh, then yes, you would include all of her income on you know y'all's joint tax return. Uh, that being said, her income coming just from Social Security, uh, it is not not a hundred percent of that is taxable. Um, you know, I don't, you know, w- whatever tax uh, filing system you use will know how to calculate, you know, how much of that might be taxable. Um, and it ranges from half of it being taxable to all the way up to 85% of it being taxable. Uh, but effectively, you know, it, it is not, it doesn't count as $7,000 of pure income to her. Um, and so, and, and also this is a case where since she is receiving social security benefits, she would not need to provide any new uh, payment information because, you know, again, the federal government has her payment information, uh, so they would be able to send her um, economic impact payment directly to her. Um, do you think it's a 1099 at the end of the year so I can use that to file her taxes? Uh, she should, yes. Okay. All right. And uh, myself, um, just quick question. Um, I paid, um, I owed money last year, which I paid them. And um, so are they going to do a similar check for me, even if I sent them a check last year? Yes. Um, and I'm not sure if, if for, for folks who actually mailed in a physical check, I'm not sure if they're going to use the bank information on that check or if they will um, if they will mail you a physical check back. Uh, that's not something that's exactly clear to me. Um, possibly a new press release I haven't read yet uh, has that answer. Um, but you can also provide, I mean, again, you can try providing uh, direct deposit banking information uh, on that irs.gov slash coronavirus. But yes, even if you did owe taxes, um, if you paid taxes, didn't pay taxes, owed taxes, didn't owe taxes, got a refund, whatever, as mm-hmm. long as your AGI, your adjusted gross income, was below that threshold of 75000 to receive the entire payment or $100,000 to receive some payment, you are eligible. Uh, you are entitled to that economic impact payment. Okay, last question. I get um, retirement from the Office of Personnel Management from the federal government. With that mm-hmm. being said, will I still need to go into that website you mentioned? Um, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. If you're receiving some sort of benefit uh, from them, uh, I, I'm guessing you would not need to. Um, and worst comes to worst, what's going to happen is, you know, if, if, if they are not looking at that payment information, uh, worst comes to worst, you will be mailed a physical check. I, I am uh, told that those will take much longer to get out than the um, than the uh, direct deposits, of course. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for calling, Edwin. Thanks, Edwin. And also a reminder, and I think you said this earlier, Ryder, that at irs.gov slash coronavirus, there is an FAQ section there as well. So perhaps yes. Edwin could dig through there to see if uh, his federal benefits, if that's a way to get that uh, that uh, $1,200. Next, yeah, on the exactly. line, uh, next on the line, we've got Barbara, who's called in today. Good morning, Barbara. Go ahead. Uh, Good morning. I started receiving unemployment through the state of Tennessee after being laid off due to COVID-19. I did choose to have my federal taxes withheld. Uh, Yesterday, the additional $600 posted, um, and they did take out federal taxes on that amount as well. 
Okay. Um, I, I didn't know if that was uh, procedure for the state of Tennessee, and I'll get that back, or are they actually is the federal government actually giving us this money to help us and taking their cut? Well, so the tax withholding, it, because the unemployment systems are operated by, per state, then that is the state of Mississippi doing the tax withholding on your behalf. Um, and what it sounds like is, I may have misspoke earlier, it sounds like that imp, uh, unemployment benefit, that $600 additional unemployment benefit is also taxable, just like your state unemployment was before. Um, you know, again, you, it, it's just going to fall under your your regular tax payments. Um, if you do not want that withheld, you can probably change those preferences with again your your state unemployment office office. Um, but for folks who are not having taxes withheld, uh, you know, be aware that you may owe taxes on this money, and especially because this is. In the state of Mississippi, at least, this is significantly more than just the state unemployment benefits. So while you might not, you know, come out owing a lot of taxes just on the state unemployment benefit, that additional six hundred dollars could be uh, quite substantial when it comes to your federal taxes. All right, uh, Barbara, thanks for your call. Just a reminder, Barbara was calling in from Memphis, and so she mentioned that's the state of Tennessee. Yes. We'll see if, if uh, what Mississippi does, maybe if, if people uh, start getting that $600 that are Mississippi residents. Uh, let's and, go. and I will say as, as well, for folks you know with questions about unemployment, uh, last week's program with the state directors of unemployment was just really fantastic. They're absolute wealth of information. And I believe one thing they mentioned uh, with I was, was, as they recommended, following them on social media and the pandemic unemployment assistance payments uh they say they are we are one of the first states in the nation to kind of get that set up so those six hundred dollars a week uh just like barbara said she's receiving um that should be uh going out to to mississippians on unemployment as well and again a reminder if you want to go back and review that show from last week with the folks from mdes you would go to moneytalks.mpbonline.org our last call of the day goes to keith in edwards keith you're on the air with us go ahead please Good morning. How you doing, sir? Good. What do you have for us? Good morning. Okay, I might I might have came in a little late, but I was just wondering if I had previously for um, 2018, 2019, I had got paper checks. Um, how would they mm-hmm. be coming to me? Because it, it was not um, direct deposit, and I had paper checks. Yeah, so that will likely also, you're probably on the schedule to receive a paper check because, I mean, they are doing direct deposits and paper checks to folks. Uh, They'll probably be doing a paper check to you. Um, Like I said a a little earlier, the paper checks, I believe, will take quite a good bit longer to go out. Um, I am not sure that you know, they have that spot on their website on irs.gov slash coronavirus. They do say specifically, they say that's for non-filers. Right. Um, however, I don't know that if you, you know, if you received a paper check, you can go onto that website, provide your direct deposit information. That may uh, that may give them all the information they need to do a direct deposit, and they may do that switch. I don't know if they would do that switch. I'm, I'm just not 100% sure how well that system um, speaks with their other system. 
But I'll give that a go. I would certainly try that. Okay, one more question. Um, um, I'm one of the the many guys out here that's around the United States that thrive, and I've not been unemployed. Not that I want to be at home, but at the same time, my job isn't giving me hazardous pay, but I feel like the government's in some kind of way to push that issue with a lot of jobs and people that's going out there putting themselves in situations because I have to go to Texas, Louisiana, and places Uh of that nature, and we're not getting paid hazardous pay, you know. I want to have this I, and brought yeah. it up. No, I think government. I think you're absolutely right. There's there's so many people who are who are putting themselves at risk um, with with you know and 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 unfortunately most of those people are not the high income earners either. I mean they are they are your folks stocking the shelves in the grocery store while people are walking around coughing on them. Um, they're you know they're folks working at gas stations. Cause people, you know people got to buy gas and someone's got to sell it to them. Um, you know I I think you're absolutely right on that. All right, we're going to leave it there. Money talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, one way to go is to find moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast. Just search for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Michelle McAdoo. So for Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us every Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.